0: The Ordination of Women. We're so very glad to have you with us today. We give a special welcome to all the viewers on the CW network across the United States. That's 112 stations. And we give you the warmest welcome today. We also welcome our viewers on the 3ABN network, which is right around the globe. And also those watching on Roku, Amazon Fire, Facebook, and all these other special outlets. The topic uh, topic today is... (laughs) You know what it is? Well, it's up on the screen, isn't it? The topic is the ordination of women. This, in some circles, is a controversial subject. Today, we plan to do this not see what a church teaches about this subject that may be important but it's not the most important thing. We plan to see what the Bible has to say about the role of women in the church. So the topic is the ordination of women. Let me say this if I can get this out in the right words. People are to be able to disagree without being disagreeable. With so many people today, whether it's politics or religion, if you disagree with them, what about it? You are their enemy. You know why this is so? They don't understand the gospel of God. In the United States of America, we've lived here now for about 32 years, Never have we seen the nation so polarized. Democrats, Republicans, and other folks, and there's so much antipathy. Um, So many names are called. Uh, Somebody said, name calling is the sort of stuff we used to do when we were little kids and we went to school. Uh, Somebody else said, some people grow older and other people grow up. So it's possible to grow older and not to grow up. And when you look at Washington today or any part of America where you've got politics, you've got so much awful stuff. So many people are calling other people names. There are people who are simply going crazy on Twitter, calling out their opponents. This sometimes gets into the church. It gets into the church when politics take over the church and Jesus is kicked out the back door. And so today we're going to, by the grace of God, look at this controversial subject. It shouldn't be controversial. I think much of it is a misunderstanding. There are two great commandments. Do you know what they are? Two great commandments. Jesus said, number one, love God with all your heart and all your soul. And he said there's a second commandment. You know what it is? Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that's that's, that's sort of incredible. Love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. Most people love themselves a very great deal. Jesus said, love your neighbor. Republicans love the Democrats, love Hillary Clinton. Oops, no, no, not her. Uh, Democrats love Donald Trump. No, no, not him. (laughs) See, we sort of missed out, haven't we? Jesus said, love God with all your heart and all your soul and uh, your neighbor as yourself. So, when we discuss a controversial subject, we need to be tolerant and to love our neighbor as ourselves, recognizing that we're all sinners and we all make lots and lots of mistakes, including this guy here. I want you to come in your Bible to Mark chapter 3 and verse 14. Matthew, Mark, which is a reference to ordination. Mark chapter 3, Matthew, Mark, chapter 3, and we're going to look at verse 14. Mark chapter 3, verse 14, it says in this translation, this is the new KJV, then he appointed 12, but the King James Version that we all love says, it says he ordained 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. The King James Version is a version that we all have been brought up on, we who are Christians. It's dedicated to the King of England. It's amazing that Americans love this Bible that was dedicated to one of their arch enemies, (laughs) the King of England. It is the Bible of, of the Church of England. That is my mother church. And in the King James Version it says these words, and he ordained a twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them forth to preach. And this is one of the only translations that translates this text in this way. Mark chapter 3 and verse 14 in the New King James Version of the Bible. In so many other translations it says this. Then he appointed. Therefore the word uh, ordained uh, that we all bent out of shape over. It shouldn't even be there. <laughs> We're basing it on the Bible of King James, one of our arch enemies. It says, Then he appointed twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. Let me tell you the other translations. I checked it out. The American Standard Version. The Good News Bible. The New Revised Standard Version, which is the most scholarly translation on the market. The Amplified Version the new international version. The Geneva Bible, you go on and on and on and it doesn't say anything about anybody being ordained. So what's gone wrong? It says, and he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them forth to preach. Now, I'm going to tell you folks something. A lot of people have got the old Roman Catholic Church's view of ordination fixed in their minds. In the Roman Catholic Church, they believe in apostolic succession. Peter ordained a bishop. That bishop ordained another bishop and all the way down. I just don't believe that at all. Pardon my saying, I think it's sort of, smoke and mirrors, and hocus pocus. (laughs) And so, in the ordination in the Roman Catholic Church, the Pope, through his bishops, getting his authority from St. Peter, confers upon the priest certain amazing powers. He can turn the bread uh, into the body of Christ. Hey, that's power. He can turn the wine into the blood of Christ. Hey. That's power. That's what the ordination is about. And he is ordained to forgive the sins of men. I don't believe a word of it. Don't believe a word of it. Ordination is not the conferring of some supernatural power to do miracles. (laughs) So why are we bent out of shape over this? When the Greek word says, he appointed twelve, that they might be with him. And the purpose of this ordination, Mark 3 verse 14, why don't we get this right? Mark chapter 3 verse 14 says, he appointed twelve, that they might be with him. Close relationship. And that he might send them out to preach. I want you to think about that, my friend. I don't care what religion you are. Ordination is for one special purpose. Oh, this appointing is for one special purpose, and that is to go forth and to preach the gospel of Christ. <clears throat> ah! you Say, no, 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 that can't be true because we don't do that. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you don't mind. And I wish that we would all read the Bible and follow the authority of the Scriptures and not the authority of the church. First Corinthians 12, verse 28. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles. These are the people who go forth to preach. Second prophet, people who explain the divine word of God. Third, teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, a great gift, but number seven. Number seven. People say, no, 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 it's, it's number one. No, you're not a Bible believer. Varieties of tongues, it is one step above speaking in tongues. The purpose of ordination, if you want to use this archaic term, The purpose of this appointing is so his chosen ones are sent forth to preach the very word of God. Now I know today that I am attacking tradition, so be it. Read the book by the Dean of Preachers, HMS Richards, his book Feed My Sheep, read it, and read the chapter called Ordained for What? He says, ordained for one purpose, preaching. I was on a committee in Australia. I will camouflage this a little bit. The committee directed by the chairman was going to ordain uh, the treasurer of that organisation. He said, he's not a preacher, we know, but he's a good man, we're going to ordain him because he's great with money in the books. Being young and uh, some would say stupid, uh, I opposed the motion. I said, what we are doing here today is against the word of God. And the chairman said to me, John, uh, we know it's not biblical, but it is denominational, and we do it because it is denominational. I said, what am I I going to go and tell people who come to my campaigns? What am I going to tell them about the baptism of babies? Not biblical, but denominational. So the big issue is this. Can women be appointed to preach the gospel? Forget the word ordained. Shouldn't be there. Can women be appointed to preach the gospel? Has nobody read the text of the Bible? Look at Luke 8, 47 and 48. Let's start. Luke 8, 47 and 48. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of the people the reason she touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Here is a great truth I would drive home today. Jesus was the greatest benefactor of women in the history of the human race. So get that into your mind today. Nobody did did as much for women as Jesus. Let me tell you about my visit to Hong Kong for a minister's meeting that I was asked to take care of. The pastors, here are the pastors. They came in from the inland of China and we met in the booming city of Hong Kong. But the pastors were from communist China. I met there an elderly pastor. He told me how he was imprisoned because he was a preacher. And how he was put into a place where he was starved and beaten for ten years, and he slept on cold concrete for ten years. We don't know what Christianity is. We breed today a race of mamby pambies. Pardon my saying it to you. Here is a pastor who was bloodied and beaten and starved. Then they let him out after ten years to a rehabilitation, reorientation place where the beatings became more intense. And the food was worse. I felt a worm in the presence of this Chinese pastor. He was a man. Haven't met too many men like him. He told me how the lights went out in China. The church from the West, from Australia, And America was forced to flee. Our hospitals and the hospitals of every denomination were taken over. The communists came in the front door and the church members, most of them rice Christians, went out the back door. You don't know the story? And then the communists, because they were atheists, persecuted the believers and dissidents like me and they put to death people by the tens of the millions don't be taken in by the propaganda that china is a friend of the church it's not not a friend of democracy a friend of your buying their cheap goods So the lights went out, the persecution was dreadful, Dostoevsky said uh, if there is no God uh, everything is permitted. The greatest persecutors in the history of the world uh, have been uh, the communists. No, 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 yes, 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 yes. And of course we should not forget the apostate church. Then the old pastor told me there appeared a little light here and there. The church was gone, but then a little group without any help from the West, no help from America, no help from Australia, they started to get together in groups, in their homes. The most effective method of preaching in China today is the home church. And then the communists said we're going to give you some we're going to give you some things we're going to formulate the self-help movement and that means that you can evangelize but you've got to do it yourself you can't take money from outside amen and the church started to grow when i was there and let me tell you folks something the church started to grow led by preachers like this, the leaders of the church in China that dragged the church back from the tomb, were ladies, ordained, recognized by the Chinese church, appointed. Don't let this word ordained throw you off. Don't let it bend you out of shape. Put aside your prejudice just for 30 minutes here today, I ask you and the television audience. I met some beautiful people. I met one woman and her two assistants. They are in charge of 30,000 believers. I heard her preach. My heart was strangely warmed. I said, who can argue against the work of the Spirit of God Goodness me. They are ordained, no, they are are appointed by the church in China and by God and the communist government recognises their calling. But we don't. Look at Acts chapter 11 and verse 17. Acts 11. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was I that I could withstand God, said the apostle. Now it's not talking about the ordination of women, but it's talking about people receiving the spirit of God. We need to be careful lest we stand between God and the people of God. Who was I to withstand God? These women cannot be hidden, and Christ says, daughters be of good cheer, whom God ordains and appoints. Let man accept and respect, I say to you today. And today, there are probably more genuine Christians in communist, atheistic China than in all of Christian America. China is going to become, at its present rate, the greatest Christian power in the world. Many Adventists. They are a formidable force and they are led mainly by Chinese lady pastors. And to use an old text in a new way, Matthew 19 verse 6, which I use in a new way, so then they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together let not man separate. He's talking there, of course, about marriage. But God has joined these women. He's married these Chinese women to the gospel of Christ. Let not man separate them. Now, as we continue, I plan to ask a number of pertinent questions. I ask you, let us keep an open mind. Let us not be like some people who become so close-minded that God cannot speak to them. Because maybe God has truth for us to learn, even in America. Number one, have women been traditionally shown the respect they deserve? I visited Russia, I've been there 49 times. I went there in 1991, but on one visit in 92, I was eating with about 20 pastors, treating me like a king, beautiful Russian food. Then I noticed the noise in the kitchen. I said, what's going on? And then I looked at the kitchen door and women were standing in the door. I said, why aren't they in here? They're women. I I said, and you, you guys are Christians? yes of course we're the leaders of the church I said you seem on this point to be in total darkness I said I will not come to Russia and I will not run campaigns unless you treat these women as equals I said now if you want me to stay ask them in so of course they said come on in and they came in <laughs> There are some countries that are worse than others. Beverly, many, many years ago when we were first in the ministry, was told by the conference president who was a friend and a good man, we expect you to go in gathering every day of the week and in gathering is raising money by knocking on doors and asking for it. It's like pulling teeth. It's hard work. We expect that you are the young wife of a young pastor. It is your duty to do it without pay. Now, people can do things without pay as volunteers, but it is a terrible thing when a woman is told she needs to do it. And this is what happened in Australia. Beverly did it gladly with a great attitude. These men who told her to do it were not evil men. They were a part of the culture of their times when women were less than equal. And for many years there has been a culture of inequality and disrespect seen tremendously so today in third world countries. Look at Saudi Arabia where they have clusters on how husbands can beat their wives without rendering permanent damage. You don't know that? Well, they're our great ally because they buy billions of dollars worth of bombs off us. And only just very recently, the women were allowed to drive. And those who led the movement to drive have been locked up and tortured. Saudi Arabia. Take voting. 1881, the Isle of Man, British. 1893, New Zealand. This is when women became equal to men. 1895, South Australia. 1902, all of Australia. 1917, Canada. 1920, the United States. 1928, Britain. 2015, Saudi Arabia. So in many parts of the world, women have been treated disgracefully. And I'm going to talk about it more when I come back. What does the Bible teach about the ordination or the appointing of women? Stay with me. We'll be back in just a moment. There's only one thing that really counts in this lifetime, your relationship to Christ. And then if you have a right relationship with Christ, you want to tell people about Christ. That's why Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. By the grace of God, we're going to do that. We are doing that. That is why we're going back to Cuba, to this communist land to preach Christ. We're accepting an invitation to go to the, the vast, uh, huge city of Manila, the capital of the Philippines. Been there before, but by the grace of God, we're going back. Please support us. and Please stand with us in the preaching of the everlasting gospel. You say, how do you do it? Who, who pays the bills? We do. Do you get any help? financial help From the church? No, my friend, we don't. But we get a lot of help from God and from His children. Please support us in the preaching of the everlasting gospel. It's the most important work in all the world. Everything else is almost trivia. So, would you please write to me? John Carter, Post Office Box, 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Do your best for Jesus. Do your best for the gospel. And in Australia, write to me at Terrigal. And we promise you this, every dime, every dollar, is going to be used to win souls to our Lord Jesus Christ. Please write to me today. Thank you and God bless you.